please do not pass me by. I want to welcome everybody to the sanctuary here at Bright Temple. It is the first Sunday of a new month, and we praise God for his presence, for him allowing us to see just one more day, just another day that the Lord has allowed us to see. And David would say, I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. I praise God for each of you who come to join us in person and for those who are joining us virtually. We thank God that his blessings have continued to shine upon each and every one of you. And we're favored of God just to be able to share God's word word one more time. We're going to go quickly to the word of the Lord, but I just want to remind you that we've been sharing from our series for this month, really the theme for this year, which is loading. And that means we're loading, we're anticipating, we're, we're waiting for God to allow, allow certain things in our lives to be poured in. And we're, and I say we're waiting on God, but on many things, it's just him waiting on us to be in a position to be ready, to be prepared for what he desires for us to have. But whatever God has said, we're going to have. You can be certain, you can be sure that it's going to happen for you. And we're proclaiming some of those things in your life, even on this morning. In fact, let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for your people. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this new year. We thank you for this new month and this new day. Lord, we thank you for your favor and your grace. And Lord, for the purpose that you continually pour into each and every one of us. Lord, we've reached this moment of destiny, this moment where our lives run headlong into your word. Lord, as we encounter your word, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits, that we may be receptive to what you have to say to us even right now. Allow your word to shine a bright light onto our feet and to our path of destiny that you have prepared and planned for us. And allow us to reposition, to move, and to correct our steps that we might follow your path and be in line with your way. But most of all, Lord, in this moment, do not allow us to leave here unchanged. In Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless each and every one of you. We're going to the word of the Lord. We're going to Psalm 130. And in Psalm 130, we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 7. Again, that's Psalm 135 through 7. And we'll be coming from the English Standard Version. Uh, so our version may vary some from yours. And in this version, we're going to be sharing a word from the Lord in line again with our theme, which is loading, waiting for the Lord. Psalm 130 and 5 reads, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More, more than watchmen for the morning. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. For the, with the Lord there is steadfast love. And with him is plentiful redemption. And the word of the Lord is blessed. We want to share with you on this morning, we're still talking about waiting on God. And today we're going to discuss how the waiter waits, how the waiter waits. That means when we're talking about waiting on God, we've, we've analogized it to several things. And on last week, we really were sharing in terms about how we are waiting on what God wants us to do, waiting on his purpose, waiting on his plan. And we talked about it in the realm of a grocery store and how we look at the things in our cart and how what we put in our cart, how does it align with our purpose? But today, when we're talking about waiting on God and the things that God is going to do in our life, we're going to talk about it in the context of how a waiter might wait on you or a server, as they're often called today. But there is something to be learned and something to be gleaned from how the server or how the waiter waits. 
Well, today I want to start with when a waiter waits on you, their first element of waiting is waiting on you to arrive at the restaurant. They're waiting on you to arrive at the restaurant, waiting on you to arrive at their place of business. They are making preparations for you before you even arrive at the establishment. They're already waiting on you. They're already making preparations for you. And then in some establishments, they do a beautiful thing. I think it's wonderful that as soon as they open, all of them are lined up and some of them clap and applaud and they, ha- they make a celebration out of it when all of the patrons begin to arrive as they welcome you into their establishment, welcome you into their restaurant because they have made preparations in advance for you before you even came. They made prepar- special preparations for you. So what did they do? They made sure, first of all, that the restaurant was cleaned from the night before. They had to clean all of the tables, clean all of the booths, clean all of the chairs. Some of the restaurants, they have tablecloths that had to be laundered and washed. They had to make sure all the silverware was washed and cleaned. And now with, you know, COVID protocols and expectations, they have to go to even a higher level of clean, making sure that they're, they're spraying down for any germs or pathogens that may have been left over from the previous night. They're making sure all the bathrooms are clean and making sure they're sparkling and and nice and presentable for their guests. And in the kitchen, they're beginning to already go ahead and those those appetizers that they know everybody will order, they're already making preparations for them. Sometimes they've already kneaded the dough and and they've they've kneaded it out to to make the breads and have them on pans. They, They have the oven already heated. They have the skillet already hot. They have the fire ready. They have the vegetables chopped and prepared. They have, they've already made the tea. They don't wait and make the tea when you get there. They've already prepared and made the tea in advance. For those of you who will be ordering sodas, they have made sure that the soda machine is in working order so that they can provide you with the beverages. For some of them, who, even who make certain fine meats, they make, make, make steaks. Sometimes those steaks have to age, and sometimes they have to sit out and marinate. So they've marinated meats overnight. They, they've let certain things sit out that need to get to room temperature. They've already made sure all the glasses have been cleaned and washed to specifications. Some of you even like frosted glasses with some of your drinks. So they've put the glasses in in the freezers to make sure they have a certain level of frost on them. Some of you order special drinks. I'm not going to ask you. You don't have to raise your hand. But sometimes they put a little salt or sugar around the the tip of of the glass in preparation for those special drinks that you like like to consume. And and, and they're doing, they're they're making the cakes. They're They're not waiting to make the dessert. They've already made the cake. They make sure the cake is warm and ready so it can be sliced and cut whenever you order your desserts. They've already folded the napkins and if you're in certain establishments, they're going to they're gonna make the napkins into certain animals or, or, or certain items to make it even look more presentable. They already have the, 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 the centerpiece already prepared. They've already purchased the items for the centerpiece. They already have it ready and sometimes in certain restaurants, they're going to light up the centerpiece. They have the, the candles lit. They have the lights aglow. They already have the ambiance of the restaurant already lit and prepared and ready for you before you even decide that you're going to the restaurant. They've done all of these things. They've made all of these preparations in anticipation for you coming. In other words, they have done a lot of work to wait on you before you even make your reservation. So once you make your reservation and you step inside the door, there are preparations that have already been made in anticipation waiting on you, waiting on you to arrive. They have done a lot of work just to get ready. 
Some of you who worked in restaurants know that some of that, sometimes some of the things that I just mentioned are part of the closing procedure. So when they say you're working six to close, that doesn't mean you work from six until the restaurant closes at 10. That means you work from six until, until everything is prepared and ready for the next day. That may be two, three hours after the restaurant is closed, but you're making preparations for the patrons that you are waiting on. Preparations have been made in advance in anticipation for your arrival. And I want to let you know the same thing is with God. God has made preparations in advance in anticipation for your arrival when you were formed in the belly. God said, I knew thee. Before you breathed one breath on earth, God had laid out in preparation and anticipation for you. He had prepared and made ready. He was waiting on you to arrive and he had already designed a destiny just for you. That's how God prepares and waits in anticipation for our arrival. The same is with our destiny. God has a destiny and a plan for you. And sometimes the first thing, just like the waiter, God is waiting on you to show up. And and that's the thing where we get mixed up sometimes. We think we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on you to arrive at the place of destiny that he's designed for you. And sometimes we're not there simply because we have not been obedient to the voice of God. We haven't fallen in line with the commands of his word. His word has laid out for us where we should be, where we should go, how we should act, how we should behave. And we have not yet arrived there because we have not done the things that we need to do to get to the place where God desires for us to go. But God is waiting with anticipation. Think of God in this context like the prodigal son, but we're the prodigal son and God is the father. God the Father, before the Son ever sets foot back at the house, he has already told them to kill the fatted calf when he saw him out out over the horizon. He already told them to make preparations for the feast. Before he even gets there, he told them to get the good cloak that they can put a coat around him. Once he arrives, the Father has his arms wide open. He has servants at the ready. He's made preparation for the Son to come home. The only thing that had to happen is the Son had to make up in his mind that I'm going back home. I'm going back to the place where my destiny resides. And just like the son needing to make up his mind, many of us, we simply need to make up our mind to return or to go to the place that God has designed for us. And God is already waiting. God is already ready. God has already made preparations for what he desires us to have. Just like the napkins that have been folded and just like the breads that have already been pre-baked and just like the ambience of the restaurant that has already been prepared in, in advance for the guests that shall arrive, God has done the same things relative to our destiny. He is just waiting for us to arrive to the place that he has already prepared for us. How do we know this? Jesus even said, he told the disciples, he said, I cannot stay here because if I stay here, then I can't go get ready what God has designed for you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am he may be also I am making ready the thing that God has designed for his people but you have to let me go so that I can prepare it for you God has made preparations for us for our destiny for our purpose for the place that he wants us to be but we have to get in our mind 
We have to have the mind of the prodigal son. We have to return. We have to have a changed mindset that I need to go to where God desires me to be. I need to make ready to be in line with his word. I need to make sure my feet are firmly planted in his word so that I can stay on track with what he has already designed for me. The thing about it is many of us, we are struggling because we're going along a way that was not prepared for us. Like Jonah, remember Jonah? He encountered what I call an unnecessary storm because he decided to flee from the presence of the Lord and go against the will of God for him. God had told him that if you go to Nineveh, I've made preparations for you there. I have already cleared the path for you. If you remember, even by the time Jonah arrived there, God had already touched the minds and hearts of the king. So as soon as Jonah arrives there and tells them that they need to change their ways, the king and all of the people, they go, in, in, into, in, they go into prayer, they go into sackcloth, they go into preparation, they go into consecration. They're ready to turn their lives around because God had already prepared the hearts of the people for the message that he told Jonah to deliver to them. They were already ready for the message. God had prepared their hearts and their minds and they quickly adapted once Jonah arrived at his place of destiny. What I'm telling you is God had already laid out the feast. He had already spread the the tablecloth. He had already folded the napkin. He had already made ready the tea and scooped out the ice. He had already prepared the bed, the breads and the appetizers because he was simply waiting on Jonah to arrive at the place where he told him to go. God is preparing and making ready for you. He has a prepared way for you. But sometimes we encounter storms that are so unnecessary simply because we choose a path that was not designed for us. I'm telling you, If you want to be in line with God's plan and purpose, make sure that you follow his path. And when you follow his path, God has already prepared and made ready what is coming your way. That does not mean you will not experience trial. That does not mean you won't experience turmoil. Remember what I said? God had prepared that way for Jonah. He prepared the way for Jonah, but Jonah still had to run. Jonah still had to chase after it. There were still things that Jonah had to do. He had to make the voyage. He had to travel. He had to run. He had to speak the message. There were still trials along the way. But what I'm telling you is that when you arrive in a prepared place by God, he makes it so much smoother. He makes it so much easier. And when he blesses it and when he makes a way, you know when God's hand is in it. And I wish I had a witness in here who knows that you stepped into a situation where you knew you couldn't do it by yourself. But some way, somehow, God had already stepped in in advance. And once you arrived there, you said it had to be God. If not by the grace and mercy of God, I wouldn't have made it. If not by the grace and, grace and mercy of God, that wouldn't have happened. But I, you recognize in that moment, you're saying it couldn't have been this easy. It can't be me, but it must be God. It must be God moving in this situation that has caused it to be prepared for my arrival. It must be God who by his spirit has changed things that I have not the authority or the power to change by myself. But it is God who's making preparations in advance because he knew that I was about to come through here. He knew that I was going to arrive in this place and he prepared it for me in advance. Just like the waiter, just like the restaurant. 
makes preparations for you. So the first thing they do is they have made so much work and done so much in advance in preparing for you to arrive. But that's not the only time they wait. But when they, they're waiting and, and, and they've made their effort there, but then you actually arrive. So then you come to the restaurant. And then they assign you to different sections and they assign you to sections and the host assigns you to section or the hostess assigns you to a section. And for each section, they have a waiter that is there to attend to your needs. The waiter comes in to attend to your needs. And when the first thing that you've done, first of all, you have made some type of assessment when you get to the restaurant that they must have something on there that you desire. They must have something on there that you want. But there are so many restaurants that have so many accommodations. They even have things. And I know some of you, especially with the advent of social media, you find out they have hidden things on the menu. They have things that they'll make just for you and specifically for you if you simply know how to ask for it. So you made some assessment that there must be something on the menu that I like at this place. So you go to your seat. The waiter hands you the menu, and at these finer establishments, you know what they're going to do? They're going to tell you all of the specials for the day, and they're going to say it with such excitement, they're going to act like they've eaten everything on the menu, when many of them may, they probably have not, <laughs> but they're going to act like everything that they have is, uh, is amazing, that, that it's wonderful. They say, do you know our special for the day? Maybe you want, maybe you want the, the, the salmon or you, or you want the, the baked chicken or maybe you want the, the shrimp or the, or the lobster. They're, they're going to they're lay out all of the specials and all of the things that they have for you. They're going to give you recommendations. Sometimes if you're looking confused, they'll say, well, let me, would you like for me to make a recommendation for you? They're going to recommend certain things for you because, again, this goes into the preparation process because they prepare in advance to show you their offerings. They're ready to share with you, to, to sell you upon the things that they have available to you. And they're wanting, and they're going to give you all the accoutrements that, that, that come along with it. They're going to try and, sometimes they call it upsell. They're going to tell you the highest level of what they have available for you because they want you to feel special. They want you to feel important. And they want you to feel satisfied. They want you to feel important. They want you to feel special. And they want you to feel satisfied because eating there at that restaurant is not simply about the food. It's about the experience. It's not just about the food, but it's about the experience. And I'm giving this to you to, to, to let you understand that God in making preparations for us, it's not only just about heaven. But it's also about our experience on earth. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That doesn't just mean eternal life in heaven. But God said, I want to make sure that you have a good earthly experience when you walk in me. Why? Because you have my name on you. And because you have my name on you, I want to make sure that you have a certain level experience. And the same thing is in the, in, in the restaurant. And certainly if you know certain people, if you know the chef and if you tell them, well, I'm a guest of the chef or I'm, I'm a guest of this person or this person recommended me to go there. A lot of times they'll even ask you. They want to know where you got the recommendation. Where did you get the idea to come there? In other words, you're coming in somebody else's name. You're coming there at the suggestion of somebody else. And when you do that, they want to make sure that you have a refined experience there. And God, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, 
I wish, I wish you were in here with me. He said, if you ask anything in my name, it, it, it shall be done. He said, up until now, you haven't asked. But he said, ask in my name that your joy may be full. Christ is saying, I want to make sure that you're satisfied with your experience here when you're walking in me. When you're walking in me, when you're walking according to my word, when you're walking according to my example. When you're doing the things that I asked you to do, he said, he told him, he said, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say. But if you're doing the things that I've told you to do, you're walking according to my word. He said, who are my friends? My friends are those who abide by my word. When you're obedient to the word of God, he's saying, I want to make sure that your earthly experience is good. It's not God's desire that we walk around defeating. It's not God's desire that we always are hurting. It's not God's desire that we live a life always in pain or disgust. It's not God's desire that we live depressed or anxious all the time. That's not his desire because he made preparations for us to arrive. And part of the preparation for us to arrive is that after we get here, he wants to make sure that we have a positive earthly experience. Why? Because we're living according to him. We're living with his name. On us. And, that, and it's an insult to God if we call ourselves Christians and we're always mad. It's an insult to God if we call ourselves Christians and we're always frustrated. We're always disappointed. We're always losing. We're always behind. We're always broke. We're always hurt. We're always depressed. That's an insult to God. Similarly, it's an insult to me if my children are walking around acting like they don't have any clothes. They're walking around like they don't have, they don't know where the next meal is coming from. They're walking around like they don't have anywhere to live. If my children walked around like that, I, I, I would be insulted. And I'm just a human man, but God, God said, Jesus told him, he said, when he gave him the example, he said, he, he said, even the evil man does right by his family. Even the evil man, if you ask him for bread, he won't give you a stone. Even the, even the wicked man, if you ask him for fish, he won't give you a serpent. He said, how much more will your heavenly father provide for his children? My father is rich in houses and land. The, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. And my God wishes above all things that I may prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. That's what God desires from me. So he expects and has made preparations that my experience on earth be a good experience. Because I'm walking in his name. I'm in his name. I'm living in his name. I'm, I, I'm breathing in his name and I'm experiencing life through him. And because I'm experiencing life through him, that, that means I'm connected to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except he comes by me. So if you're walking in my name, Jesus is saying you're connected to God. And if I'm connected to God, how can I always be sad if I'm connected? How can I always be hurt if I'm connected? How can I always be depressed if I'm connected? I dare somebody put it in the hashtag and in the, the comments, somebody yell it out and say, I am connected. I am connected. I am 
connected. I, I, I am connected. So, so if there's anything that I desire of God and I, that I can't get in my own name, that I, then I ought to be able to ask for it in the name of, of Jesus. Uh, or somebody ought to just say, Jesus, anything that I'm lacking in my earthly experience, if I am not able to get it in the name of Larry, then I ought to be able to get it in the name of Jesus. If I'm hurt in my body, I'm not going to call on Larry, but I'm going to call on the name of Jesus. If I don't have what I need in my finances, I'm not going to call on the name of Larry, but I'm going to call all on the name of Jesus. I, if I'm having relationship problems, I, I'm not going to call Maury Povich. I, I'm not going to call my own name, I, but I'm going to call on the name of Jesus. I, because he said, if you're asking my name, I, if you couldn't get it before, I, if they told you no before, I, he said, I'm going to turn that no into a yes. I, if you couldn't get it before, I, if they rejected you before, I'm going to turn that rejection into approval. When you ask for it in my name, I dare somebody out there just say, Jesus, Jesus, I'm asking for it in the name of Jesus. I'm about finished, but one of the things that you'll find at the good restaurants, you'll find out the waiter, they will not let your glass get empty. <laughs> I wish I had a witness out there. They, they won't let your glass get empty. I was at a restaurant one time and I was eating with my family and I was so engaged in conversation with them. And I, I always drink water and, and I had my water and I would drink it. And then I would talk to my family and then I look around and my water glass was full again. And then we'd start getting involved in conversation. More than likely on a Sunday, we're, we're talking about football. We're talking about the game. We're, we're talking about the scores. And, and then I'm talking about my Titans. I'm looking, talk, looking at the scores. And then I look to my glass again, and it's full again. Well, the next time I take a long drink, I'm a, I'm a little bit thirsty this time. I set it to the side. I look at my wife. I, I look at, ask my daughter what she's ordered. And I look at my glass again, and it's full again. What I found out is that a good waiter will not let your glass get empty. But I begin to think if the waiter won't let my glass get empty. Somebody say, well, I serve a God. I wish you were in here. I serve a God that won't let me run on empty. I serve a God that will keep me full. I serve a God who said, I shall supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. I serve a God that said all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. I serve a God that said no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. I serve a God that said I shall wipe all your tears away. Somebody say I serve a God who's able somebody say he's able Somebody say he's able. He's able. He's able. Hallelujah. Everybody standing to your feet in this place. My God. My God. He is and continues to be. To be able. And I just got to share this with you. 
before I pray with you. Gotta share this with you before I pray with you. The last thing that the waiter does when the experience is complete, you know what the waiter does? They're waiting to give you the check. Waiting to give you the check. And of course, the ones who are the most proficient at it, they're not going to embarrass you. They're not going to bother you. They're going to make sure you have everything you need before they even present it with you. But the thing about God, God's not waiting on us to pay. Because <laughs> somebody said Jesus paid it all. Jesus, Jesus paid it all. All to him. I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but thank God, my God, my Savior, he washes me. Washes me. Whiter. He whiter. Washes me whiter than snow. That's, that's why today on Communion Sunday, we celebrate Christ's sacrifice in the blood. He waited on us. He sacrificed to us. He gave his life for us. Songwriter said they hung him high and they, they stretched him wide. He hung his head and then he died. And he did all of that because of how much he loved us. That's how much he loved us. So when we talk about Christ's preparation for us before we were ever born, before we were ever thought of, Christ died because he knew we were coming. He died because he knew we were coming. And if he can make preparation for us, if he can die just waiting on us to be born, I can wait on my blessing. I can wait on God to move in my life. I can wait on him to intervene because if he did all that for me, then I trust him. I challenge somebody this morning. I challenge you to just trust him. Trust him a little bit more than you have before. Depend on him a little bit more than you have before. Have a little more faith. If he died for you, I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to believe that he is working everything that he can on my behalf so that I can live, so that I can breathe. So that I can be saved. So that I can experience abundant life through him. Can I pray with you, Heavenly Father? Lord, this morning, Lord, wherever we are, wherever this word is touching us, wherever this word is coming into our ears, into our hearts, into our spirits, into our minds, let us be reminded of the tremendous sacrifice that Christ made for us while he was waiting on us to come. While he was waiting on us to be born while he was waiting on us to take our first breath. While he was waiting on us to even get our minds right to come to him. The tremendous things that he did in advance in anticipation of us coming, of all the things he did in waiting on us. Can't we just wait on him? Can't we just be patient for his plan? Can't we just wait for him to work things out? Can't we just trust him according to his word that he's going to do everything 
that he said he's going to do. Help us, Lord, where we're lacking. Help our unbelief, Lord. Help our lack of faith. Help us when we're not in tune with your word. Help us, Lord, to be more faithful to you because you've certainly shown us that you've loved us more than we could ever love you. Lord, we thank you for all of these things. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Well, saints, it's communion Sunday. It's our time to partake of the holy sacraments on this morning. I hope that you've prepared your, your cups. Hope you have your cups ready. And we're going to share, we're going to pray over God's communion, and we're going to take and, commu- and have communion and share it together on this morning. Can I pray with you first, Lord? Heavenly Father, Lord, touch us as we prepare to take part of your body and blood. Let not one of us be guilty of taking part unworthily. But Lord, let us do, us, do so mindful of the great sacrifice you made for us at Calvary. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, I deliver unto you that which was also given unto me that Jesus, the same night that he was betrayed, took bread as I now do. And when he had break it, he said, take eat. This is my body, which was broken for you at Calvary. As often as you do so, you do so in remembrance of me. In like manner, he took also the cup. And here at Bright Temple, we lift the cup up completely above our heads so they were completely covered. He said, this is the new communion in my blood. Drink ye all of it. He said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show remembrance of me until I shall come again. And the word says they sang and went out into the Mount of Olives. Well, we praise God for those of you who have been joining us virtually on this morning. We pray that you've been living blessed and encouraged. And we pray that you will live that same way until we shall see you again. God bless you and God keep you. Come on, Bright Temple, put those hands together and give God. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by... Give a fuck. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity. And we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.